Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Um, this is Latasha Martin, and this is if this is your first time watching me on live stream. If you're on YouTube, I would ask that you go ahead, subscribe, and follow so you can get the morning message and more. If you are on Periscope, you can give us some hearts. And if you are here in Connect, Collaborate, Create, that means that you are a collaborator. So good morning. And if you're in any of those other places and you want to get the morning message and more, I would encourage you to go to Facebook and look up Connect, Collaborate, Create, and you'll see these three little words and you'll be able to join us. Now, um, if you are on the podcast, again, this is Latasha Martin, and this is episode number 41, and the title is called Accepting the Will of God, uh, part two, and our podcast station is called Power to Choose, and so I'm thrilled that you, you are here. So before we jump into our message today, I just want to go into a word of prayer, and then we will go right into the word for today. Um, so dear God, we thank you so much for being an awesome God. Lord, you are just amazing. And just everything that I could ever hope for and desire for. God, you are just um, the Alpha and Omega. You are consistent. Um, you are just just everything that words can, I can't even put words to you in my gratitude this morning. And so dear God, I pray to this, today as I go into this message that you come in and go before me and that as I share with um, the people who are listening to this, that they are inspired more to dig deeper into the word of God and see what you're saying for their life and their call on their life. And that they are inspired to know and reminded of the fact that you will never leave us alone. Once we've received Jesus into our hearts, which is such a simple process, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit that guides if we will just allow to surrender our stubbornness um, to the quiet, still voice of the Holy Spirit. It is such an amazing gift that we could never do enough to pay for or to earn. So we thank you for sending your son to die for our sins. So we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. And so um, as I go into the message for today, yesterday was part one. It was called Accepting the Will of God. And in part one, what we talked about was having childlike faith. And so I walked through that spirit, that whole process of how you could have sophisticated faith that can put you on the wrong path to where God would have you. And what we really need to have is childlike faith. But today, the second part of that is we need to have childlike faith, but then we need to have the confidence of Abraham. We need to have childlike faith, but then the confidence of Abraham. But our scripture for today that we're gonna use as our foundation comes out of a couple of places. And we're gonna actually, I'm gonna show them to you quickly up on the screen, and then we're gonna come back to them because I wanna follow the path that God had for me to share with you. So the two scriptures that we're gonna use as our foundation, the first one is Jeremiah um, 11, 29, and then there's a Jeremiah one and five. And I'm not gonna read those right now, but I just want you to stick with me, stay with me, stick with me, stay with me if you could. So when we talk about following, accepting the will of God, the will of God is literally understanding, understanding this one piece, which is if we can understand the Jeremiah one and five, which is again, a scripture you should have in your heart. And it reminds us that before we were formed, God knew who we were, who we were. He also 
knew what the plan was for our lives. So no matter how much scientific evidence that's out there, there's nothing that can really say. It talks about the process that a baby could, you know, be conceived, but the actual when it takes place or what happens, like that's only up to God. And I believe that God has a special time for each one of us because he knows that he has a plan for us before we were formed in our in, in our mother's womb. And why is that such a great insurance assurance today? Because the second piece of that is in Jeremiah 11:29 is that not only did he have a plan for us or know who we were before we were formed in our mother's womb, but the second piece of this is in Jeremiah 11:29 it says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "the plans to prosper you and not to harm you." plans to give you hope and a future. Let me read that again. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you and plans to give you hope and a future. And so when we think about those two pieces, like that is a great foundation for us to understand that God's got you and that we really need to accept the will of that he has on our lives. But when we look at Abraham and Sarah, that is a great, I think, picture of how many of us approach God when we know him, but we still have these things where we're like, it doesn't make sense, God. How you're telling me to do this is not making sense, God. And so why am I sharing this with you? Because right now, what I want us to do is I want us to go as the reference for our time together and go into the book of Genesis. And as we're in the book of Genesis, uh, in the 22nd chapter, the first through the 19th verse, it's going to show us a story of Abraham and his son Isaac. But in order for this story to make sense when we're connecting it to accepting the will of God, we need to know the backdrop of the story of Abram and Sarai. So this is before, again, if it was in the Old Testament, this means this is the time that there were only certain people that heard directly from the voice of God. Many people in the Old Testament had brokered faith, meaning that they had to go to the high priest, who was the one who heard from God, who then delivered a message. Or there were, um, there were, there were teachers that were out there who had all of this information who were able to share to people what they heard from the word of God. But Abraham or Abram and Sarai, they got a word from God in the book of Genesis saying that there was a promise that they were gonna have a son and that he would be the father of many nations. Now, how many of you, again, you don't have to respond. Good morning, Adeline, over in the chat, because I guess there's some technical things happening in these Facebook lives. But how many of you, if you could think to yourself and say, you know what? I've heard a promise from God. And God gave you a promise. Maybe he gave you a promise like Joseph when he just saw a vision where he was sharing with people. He was excited about sharing the vision that God showed him he was going to be over and his brothers and his father would kneel down and it didn't make sense. So he had this vision and he shared his vision and people got mad at him. And so that was one story. Again, even with Joseph, he didn't get the 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 the, the, um, the final thing that was happening. He didn't know that for years. 
But the reason I believe God took me to Abraham or Abram and Sarai when they heard from God is God made a promise to them and said that they he would be the father of many nations. God also said that he would have children, right? But again, hearing this story from God didn't make sense because Sarai, his wife, when they were given this word, she was barren, meaning that she couldn't have kids. So imagine God having a promise and sharing something with you. And you're like, God, I hear what you're saying, but it doesn't make sense for my life. And I want to accept the will of God for my life, but it doesn't make sense. Not with what I know about me. Not what I know about me. Not what I know about me. So if the will of God is sharing with you right now that you're going to have this major thing happen in your career and you're like, how God, I, I didn't go to college. Maybe you didn't graduate from high school. Maybe you went to college, but you're so far in debt and there's so many things that logically don't make sense about your life that you're saying, God, you're telling me that I'm going to have this breakthrough with my career, but God, how could that make sense? Because when I look at people who are doing the things that you're showing me in my heart as a vision for my life, and you're having me write these things down and I have vision boards and I'm doing all this stuff, but logically it doesn't make sense to me, God. I want to accept the will for you, but it doesn't make sense. And that would be the logical path with Abram and Sarai. You're given a promise from God that you're going to have a child and you're going to be a father of nations. And so logically, like intelligent people do, we start to say, well, if God is showing me this for my life, this must be how he's going to do it. So let's go to Abraham or Abram and Sarai. The first thing they thought was he had a steward. His name was Ezekiel. And, he, and Abram thought, well, okay, well, we can't have natural kids. Well, maybe God is speaking contextually and saying, well, we're going to be the father and, and this Ezekiel is going to be the heir. And this is where my legacy and my lineage is going to happen through because like this is the way it's making sense to me. Like it's making sense to me because we have him and he's here and he's a male and, and that's the way it makes sense. And God's like, no, Abraham or no, Abram, that's not how it's going to happen. Not how it's going to happen. So then Sarai, because, okay, well, if the man has a plan and it doesn't work and you're married, you know, as women, we'll be like, okay, well, maybe it's not going to work that way. But I got another plan for you, God. How about this? How about I have a, 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 a woman who's with me, like a servant who's with me, and she can have a baby with my husband. And then we'll just adopt it as our own. And then that's how the blessing is going to come. Right, God? Like, that's how it's going to work. And so that's what they did, right? So Sarah's like, lay down with Hagar and you're going to have a baby and we're going to raise it and all is well. But for those who know that story, that gets a little messy. And God is like, no, 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 no. That's not how it's going to happen. And so it was another encounter that they had where they understood and they heard and they, they were told that, you know what, a year from now, you will have a child. And Sarah and Abraham, like, they pretty much, like, laughed and was like, okay, God, I hear you, but okay. Like, what's a miracle going to happen? Now, ain't that funny? Is a miracle going to happen? 
and the thing is, is that it's so interesting because they laugh. And so they get this promise, this promise from God, and they literally had to wait 25 years. I want y'all to hear that because somebody needs to hear just this part right now so that they can be like, God, I just want to thank you right now. 25 years. It's kind of like you wrote this Habakkuk 2 2 and you said, I wrote the vision and I'm making it plain and I got the vision board and I can see little things in it. And logically, I got signs and wonders because this and that. 25 years they had to wait. Sarah, Sarai became Sarah. Abram became Abraham. Their names were changed. And this is the thing Sarah was either 90 or 91 years old before she conceived a child. Abraham was a hundred. And honestly, even though the ages seem unrealistic to us in our natural minds, when we think of the cycle of life and we think about women and we think about men, we think men can have kids till they're whenever, but women can't. I don't even know that that part is the thing that boggles my mind as much as the 25 years of waiting because some of us get a vision from God and we can't even wait 30 days. So imagine if God gave you something 25 years ago or he gave you something recently and you're like, God, I'm trying to accept your will for my life. I'm trying to understand that you are a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I'm understanding that you said that all I need to do is press towards the mark, forgetting the former things. I have this thorn on my side, like Paul, like I'm trying to understand and trust you, God. But my natural is not making sense with whatever this supernatural thing is that you want. But because God had delivered on that promise to Sarah and Abraham after 25 years, then God issues another order to Abraham and says, now I want you to give them back to me. And back in that time, it was not unusual for people to have human sacrifice. So we have to put things in context. I'm not saying it's right. So please don't listen to this part of the story and go on a tangent in your brain because that's not the whole foundation of this particular verse. But this is what was so exciting to me when I was going into this part of Genesis 22 and actually going into the seventh verse. So you can read the whole story for yourself, but let me put it in context. God says to Abraham, now I want you to sacrifice or give me back your son, using him as a sacrifice. And because God had delivered on the promise before, Abraham understood that when God says something, Naturally, we need to respond naturally, even when it doesn't make sense, because we have to believe in the confidence of the promises that he delivered on before and to know that he can deliver on them again. So what does that mean, Latasha? What it means is this time, instead of like the first time when they were trying to make provisions on their level of comfort, Abraham responded rapidly and said, if God said it, I'm going to do it. So he took his two his two servants, he took his son Isaac, 
Now, mind you, Isaac's not an itty bitty baby. Isaac is at the age where he can make this 50 mile journey to the place that God told him to go to sacrifice his son. And what he brought with him was the burnt. He had the fire. We're not sure what the fire was. He had the wood. He had a donkeys. He had his donkeys. He had his servants and they walked together. They got to a point where Abraham said to his servants, wait here. And he took his son, his son, Isaac, and they were walking up to the place where their offering was supposed to happen. And in the ceremonial thing, he starts to build the altar for the sacrifice. And this is the question as they are walking to this destination that Isaac asked his father. So he asked his father in the 22nd uh, chapter of Genesis in the seventh verse in the NIV translation, Isaac spoke. This is what Isaac says to his dad. He says, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father. And Abraham responded, yes, my son, the fire and the wood are here. Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And this is what Abraham said. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on. So they kept moving on. And so I don't know what was going through Abraham's mind at that moment. But all I knew was he believed God was going to provide. So naturally, he heard and responded. He takes his son up to sacrifice his son. He puts his son on the altar and binds him as if he's going to be the sacrifice. He raises the knife. And as soon as he raises the knife, the angels call out and say, basically, stop, 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 stop. And there was a ram in the bush that was going to be used for the sacrifice. But if Abraham did not know the God of the deliverance of Isaac, the birth of Isaac, my question I always ask myself is, would he have had the confidence of God in the natural to respond in the flesh when it didn't make sense? Because never did he waver that his son wouldn't live. Y'all got to hear this. And when we talk about, again, people ask me about this Latasha 11, 59, 59, what it means. I'm reminding you again, it's when God is telling you something and you're saying, logically, God, it doesn't make sense to me. I hear what you're saying. But yesterday we talked about this sophisticated faith, meaning that I hear what you're saying and I want to accept the will of, of God on my life. But God, you told me this thing about this business like 20 years ago. Five years ago, seven years ago, and I look like an idiot because I'm out there and I'm trying this and I'm trying that and I'm trying this and to the world, I look nutso. And what God wants us to do when we accept the will of God is to say, but you know what? If he said it, he's going to do it. Why? Because he knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. And God wants to do what? He wants us to prosper and he wants to give us hope. And there's too many of us trying to logically have conversations on what we want instead of having that childlike faith that we talked about yesterday. That childlike faith that Isaac had when he asked this question to his natural father, Abraham, where's the lamb, God? Where's the lamb, dad? And he's like, 
the Lord will provide. So Isaac, even in his childlike obedience, and I don't have kids like that. If I was having a conversation with one of my kids, they would be like, mom, listen, I don't know. They want to ask 9,000 questions. Those are my kids. I'm just being honest. But what I'm learning about this thing with God and accepting the will of God on our lives, it's trusting what God is telling us about ourselves, what God is reminding us about in the text, and what God wants us to understand, even for ourselves, that back then, the, the voice of God was based on encounters with God. But in the New Testament, we can get with God and have conversations often. The difference for us is we have stories like the story of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and the story of Noah when he delivered on the promise, you build the ark, the water will come at a time where people never saw water. He, he delivered the promise on Joseph when Joseph had to go from the pit to the palace, literally a pit and a journey, believing that God was with him always and said what the enemy meant for evil, God used it for good. So even if your current circumstances are situations where you're like, you're saying this stuff about my God, my life, God, but if you look at my life, it is a disaster zone. You're saying I'm going to have a business, but how? I just filed for bankruptcy. You're saying that I'm going to have a career that's going to be doing these things where I'm going to be over people. And right now I'm the lowest of the low at my job. You're saying that I'm going to be married, but God, how's that going to happen? I'm not even in a, we're in a pandemic. How am I going to meet a man? How am I going to meet a wife? How, how is this going to happen? And what I know that God reminded me of today when we accept the will of God is that we have to remind ourselves on the blessings and the promises that God has already delivered on in our lives in the past. So how do you do that? That's why you have to go into places of gratitude. That's why you have to go into places of gratitude and say, God, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. I am, would be remiss if I didn't share with you guys even my own personal testimony. You see, in 2002, when I walked out of my good job, my first job, my engineering job with no plan at all, at 5.30 in the morning in 2002, on October 15th, I walked out of my good engineering job with a stable company. And I was like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go do consulting and I'm going to have a business. And it was a disaster. It was an expensive hobby that did not have an ROI because I didn't know anything about business. I didn't know God enough to know that before you build it, you should count the cost. I didn't understand the importance of wise counsel in my life. I didn't understand that we had a God of order and that God in my natural probably wouldn't have said they're going to walk out like this. He probably would have said you do this or you do that. But I didn't even know what I didn't know. And I think that's going to serve somebody today. We make decisions based on what we know about God at the time. So I left that job in 2002. I had this expensive hobby. I re-engineered myself. I went back into I went back to college again to get a different degree and I remember in 2006 writing on a piece of paper, I want to talk for a living. That's it. That was my Habakkuk 2 to write the vision. I want to talk for a living. That's what I said. That's what I wrote down. And God delivered on my promises, even though I didn't even know what he was preparing me for. Because when I had to do the walk of shame and walk back into corporate America, 
after I told the whole world I left my job, I'm going to be a successful business person, this, that, this, another. You couldn't have told me nothing. What's that song? Can't nobody tell me nothing. That's how I felt back then. But it was a hot mess. And it was not of God. But it was preparation. So I went back into corporate America. And I went back in in a way where I still I had more confidence in God. Because even though it was a disastrous hobby and I wasn't making money, God still always provided. For those who desperately seek him instead of doing desperate things, he will always provide. And when I think about those provisions that he made for me, he showed me how to sew. He showed me how to build beds for my kids when we couldn't afford them. He showed me that there were free Christmas trees because we couldn't afford one. He showed me how we make experiences instead of gifts when we didn't have the money. He showed me so much through that time. But at the time, I was like, this is just disastrous. And it's shameful. And I went back into corporate America. And when I went back into the corporate America, I went in sitting in the driver's seat of my career, trusting God, putting the life in order of my life together. And God tripled my income in five years in corporate America. I made more money in those five years and learning how to navigate my career. I learned how businesses were ran. And so that in 2015, when he had me go back into business full time, and I was not really excited about it, but I knew to be obedient to it because I understood at that time, just like Abraham, he tripled my income when I obeyed and I wrote down, I was going to talk for a living. And that's what I did. I was a corporate trainer talking for a living, making more money than I ever had made in my life. I was literally balanced, meaning that I could be a great wife, a great mom. I could provide inside the workplace and at home. I was whole. And so when God said, give it back, like he said to Abraham, I was like, okay, well, I know God is a God that can be trusted. So this time, all he gave me was leave your job, obey me and do not hustle. And within six months of going out on my own, my business was beyond six figures. I made more money in six months than I had made in a year working for somebody else. And then he only did exceedingly and abundantly more. Y'all gotta hear this testimony about accepting the will of God for your life. And I proudly have been in business for over five and a half years full time. And the way that he provides is never how I expected. Somebody needs to hear that today. It's never how I expected because all he gives me is you are here. These are your gifts. You teach, speak, teach, speak, serve, and give. And I will provide the opportunities. Even in the pandemic, I will provide the even opportunities. Even when you have to pivot how we accept the will of God is trusting the promises that his word cannot return void. How we accept the will of God is understanding that all I know is enough for today. Just like the Israelites, when they were in the wilderness, they gave enough manna for the day, except for on the day before the Sabbath, it was enough for two days. So I need you to accept the will of God for your life. And I need you to understand that we serve a good God. And so no matter what your circumstances are today, please be encouraged to know that God is still there. Please be reminded that he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And please have the hope and confidence that he wants you to prosper and he wants you to do well. That is what God wants for us. If we can just accept 
his will, his process, and the way that he wants to do it for us in our lives. So I thank you, God, today for reminding me of how faithful you are, reminding me of my testimony, and reminding me that looking at the people in the Bible and understanding that we are from a royal priesthood, and that we will never be begging for anything that you will always provide. And the more we trust you, the more you can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask for. That we will go into time with you, God, intimately, privately. And you said when we don't know the words to say that we can groan and the unctioning of the Holy Spirit can intercede and ask the things that our minds cannot put our, give our mouths the ability to put our lips around to ask these bold prayers these bold declarations. And so God, I pray today that anyone who needs to be encouraged can be reminded of this today. They can be reminded that you are there, that you never left us, and that they know that you have a plan and you are the author and creator of all, in spite of where we are today. No matter how high or how low, know that you still have more in place for us, that we need to press on to the greater that you wanna do with our lives that we don't settle for what we can conceive, but we know that you want to do more, not for our glory, but for your glory, God. And so I pray that people can be encouraged today. I pray that they're inspired to go back and read the story of Abraham, read it in its fullness. If they have to go back to the initial promise to Abram and Sarai, if they have to go back that far, I pray that they'll do it. If they can just go into the current story where they can just be inspired by saying, God, if, if, if you delivered on one promise, I know that you won't let me down on the next. And that anyone that's in a place right now of confusion, I pray that they just can go into the confidence of all the times before that you've delivered on promises. God, please bring that to their remembrance right now. Somebody needs to know that right now, God. I pray that you bring it to their remembrance right now, God, and that they can stand on that confidence and that hope. So God, we love you. We praise you. We give you the highest praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed guys. I love you much. And we will talk again on Monday. Have a great weekend.